lots and lots of Republicans voted for me in the Senate to substitute its judgment for the people in picking a president. They are ready for someone to take the reins. We need more engagement in this public discourse and not less. Just listen. I think that's what I need to do is just really listen. What's up, Tennessee? Welcome to TriStar Talk. I'm Jeff Patterson here to give you the latest on politics in the TriStar state. If you haven't done so, don't forget to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TriStar Talk. Restaurants and retail stores throughout the majority of Tennessee will no longer need to limit capacity starting this week. That came in an announcement from Governor Lee. Additionally, Large attractions, including racetracks, amusement parks, water parks, theaters, museums, and auditoriums will also be allowed to reopen starting later this week on May 22nd, provided they practice appropriate social distancing to combat the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. These changes will apply to the same 89 counties that most of these guidelines and these lifting of restrictions have applied to, so it still does not include Davidson County, Shelby, Knox, Hamilton, Madison, and Sullivan. They've been following their own reopening plans and will continue to do so. Mind you, this comes as the country's top health experts continue to warn us that reopening too soon, lifting such restrictions, will lead to a resurgence of the virus. And I really have not heard much about places being punished or or told that they're not following appropriate social distancing guidelines up to this point. I'm not sure if there is going to be any kind of oversight I don't know if there is any anything that will be done for businesses that aren't making sure that customers are standing six feet apart. I haven't seen anything requiring people to wear masks as they go out in public. At this point, it seems like the policy of Governor Lee and of a lot of other states is to open up and see what happens and hope for the best. But that is not the advice we are getting from our medical experts So I hope it works out. I hope more people don't get sick, but I just don't see that being the case. And we haven't talked about it much. I know there's a lot of concern from other people. There has been a backlog in meat processing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I've gone into grocery stores and I know other people have. And the, the meat section is just totally cleared out. And there's been issues with getting more shipments. And oddly enough, in Tennessee, this has led to a spike in illegal shipments of pigs. Illegal importation of livestock livestock meat results in civil penalties of $1,000 per animal. And and this is just one of the instances of people being directly affected. Not only are people afraid that they're going to get sick, but now they can't even go to the grocery store and get everything that they need. I thought that was an interesting story. I'm not sure if we're going to see any steps taken to, to see more shipments of meat, if this is something that people, that the government's just going to have to address or not. But it's just one additional problem that has been created during the the coronavirus era. We do need to be worried about opening too soon. There was actually a spike in cases in Austin, Texas, when they started opening back up. Dr. Mark Escott, a regional health official, told Austin City Council that people who are getting sick right now are generally people who are going to work. That risk is going to increase the more people are working. And this has been this has been the main concern. This is why businesses have shuttered. This is why there's been stay at home orders, because the workplace is because in a workplace, people interact a lot. There usually aren't a lot of steps that are taken to make sure people stay healthy. And 
as we've discussed in other episodes, people who are concerned about the the work environment, concerned about the precautions that are being taken at their work environment are being punished because if the if they don't feel like it's safe for them to go back to work, they can just get fired and they can't get unemployment benefits from that. That has been one of the major reasons why Governor Lee has been pushing to open, to force people off unemployment, to get people back to work. But that does not mean that the work conditions are actually safe. And there are plenty of new infections outside of the workplace as well. In nursing homes, there's a lot of cases in densely populated areas like New York City, Chicago, Philadelphia, urban parts of New Jersey, Massachusetts have seen plenty of new infections coming even outside of the workplace. And the 15 U.S. counties with the highest per capita infection rates from April 28th to May 5th are all homes to meatpacking and poultry processing plants or state prisons. The county with the highest per capita rate was Tennessee's Trousdale County, where nearly 1,300 inmates and 50 staffers recently tested positive. And, but it's been very clear that, that the steps that we've needed to take have not been taken. People are continuing to get sick. And as we open up, more people will get sick. That's why there's been such a huge push to expand absentee voting across the country, especially in states that don't have a vibrant absentee voting process where there's still a lot of restrictions. The ACLU recently filed a complaint in Tennessee on behalf of several Tennessee voters who suffer from serious medical conditions where voting in person would be potentially deadly for them. They don't fall into any absentee voting exception under Tennessee law. So the plaintiffs in that case essentially have a choice to make. They either vote in person and risk their health and the health of those with whom they live with who might also suffer from similar conditions, or they have to forego their fundamental right to vote. Because if you don't meet an exception... Under the absentee voting process, your only option is to vote in person. That's the major point that was brought up in the complaint. The fear of contracting the coronavirus, not meeting any of the criteria to vote by mail. Governor Lee issued stay-at-home orders. He declared a state of emergency due to COVID-19. The CDC recommends voting absentee if possible so that we can avoid crowds, large gatherings. So why is this something that we really have to fight about? The plaintiffs were asking the court to enjoin the Tennessee limitations on eligibility to vote absentee and declare that those limitations are unconstitutional. And while this could be a a good permanent policy to have, they're essentially just asking for the state to do this until they lift the state of emergency. And the CDC is no no longer recommends that individuals engage in social distancing measures. And we don't know how long that could be, but it's safe to say it'll be through the rest of 2020. Here are the facts that the ACLU relies on in their complaint. The novel coronavirus spreads aggressively. Critically, it can be unknowingly spread by asymptomatic carriers of the virus. Currently, the United States leads the world in the total number of COVID-19 cases, surpassing China and Italy. Statistical models predict that as social contacts increase, New COVID-19 cases and deaths will rebound in late May. One model predicts that there's a 69% chance that the United States surpasses 100,000 deaths by June 1st, with May 27th being the most likely date. And that's very likely we're at over 90,000 deaths already in the United States. So the people that say that this isn't really a big deal, it's not a problem, it is. And I don't know how you can ignore those numbers notwithstanding the fact that members of all age groups have contracted and died from the illness. 
COVID-19 can severely damage lung tissue, cause a permanent loss of respiratory capacity, and also damage tissue in the kidney, heart, and liver. The surge of COVID-19 cases has caused mounting strains on healthcare systems, including critical shortages of doctors, nurses, hospital beds, medical equipment, and PPE. An analysis of the AP, one of the first attempts to examine the racial disparities of COVID-19 cases and deaths nationwide, found that in areas where the demographic data had been publicly shared by government officials, African Americans made up 42% of people who have died from COVID-19, despite accounting for roughly only 21% of the total population in those areas. A CDC report published on April 8th, which included data from nearly 1,500 patients across 14 states, found that African American patients made up 33% of those for whom race or ethnicity information was available, despite representing only 18% of the state's populations. This suggested that black populations might be disproportionately affected by COVID-19. And they include in this data that suggests that long-term racial biases play a role in this. That even though African-Americans will go to their healthcare provider, go to the hospital, wherever, with symptoms, are less likely to be tested for coronavirus. Voters who wish to vote by mail during one of the elections must request an absentee ballot no more than 90 days and not later than seven days before the election. Accordingly, for the upcoming primary in August, eligible voters have until July 30th to request their absentee ballots. Eligible voters can request their absentee ballots for the November 3rd election between August 5th and October 27th. But not all voters can vote absentee. Tennessee's restrictions apply to a small subset of voters who fall into some statutorily defined categories. But an individual who reasonably fears contracting COVID-19 is not eligible. And the ACLU argues that as currently construed, the excuse requirement unduly and unreasonably burdens the voting rights of Tennesseans. They cite Alabama, Arkansas, West Virginia, Virginia, Delaware, Massachusetts, New Hampshire have all made changes to their absentee guidelines that could allow for people with longstanding illnesses to vote absentee, even when they previously would not have been included in in the absentee regulations. And so what the complaint is doing here is pointing out the fears of people who are sick and are at risk. It isn't even a case about opening up absentee to everyone because the plaintiffs in this case have very specific issues. But it would help to open it up to everyone. The excuse requirement, as is currently enforced, will likely prevent thousands of eligible voters from casting ballots. And there's a particularly heavy burden on African-American voters. Under these circumstances, the excuse requirement denies the fundamental right to vote guaranteed by the Tennessee Constitution. I'm not sure how this case is going to play out, but I think it's very, very important. I don't understand why the state would force people with long-term health issues that are at much greater risk if they have to go vote in person. I don't understand why we can't just carve out an exception. I know Tennessee Secretary of State Trey Hargett has indicated that it would just be too difficult to make sure that people can vote by mail, but I that there is no way that that's true. With all of the resources that we have, we can't simply have people mail it in. The primaries in three months. In three months, we can't figure something out. The assembly is going to go back to work. Can they not make these changes? Is it not a priority for them that everyone has the chance to vote safely? 
I'd like to follow this. I'd like to see what the court ends up saying about this. I'm I'm not incredibly confident that the court will find that it is unconstitutional, but it's hard to deny that there are people whose voting rights are being infringed because of the hard choice that they have to make. And I don't see many leaders in the state, in the majority party specifically, stepping up to do something about this. It's just become another political fight, and it really shouldn't be. In Congress, the HEROES Act will be the biggest topic because we really do need relief. We need to help Americans that are struggling the most right now. Most of the Tennessee Republican members of Congress are against it. Representative Chuck Fleischman said that it was $3 trillion more dollars unrestrained spending. With this bill, we are burdening the American people and future generations with $30 trillion of debt. I urge a no vote on behalf of the American people we represent. It's interesting because I don't think that he had a problem with burdening the Americans with debt when Republicans passed these major tax cuts that did little to nothing to help most Americans. Most of the money went towards people who already have plenty of money. Those are the priorities of our Republican members in Congress. And it's a shame. And we do need to do more to step up and vote them out because they're not acting in your interest. That's it for the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. If there are any stories that you want to hear more about, please reach out. I would love to cover anything that is interesting to you or news stories that maybe I haven't touched on. And if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jeff Patterson. Thanks for listening.